you know, when I think of Leah, uh, two words come to mind, that she loves Jesus and she obeys him. You know, the Bible talks about not just being hearers of the word, but doers. And I look at their family. They are a doer. They do the word of God. They listen, they obey, and they, they obey his commandments. So uh, we really love and appreciate Leah. We love her husband, John. He's awesome. So let's give it up for Leah. I'm going to keep the box of tissues up here just in case. But, yes, thank you again for coming. So I am Leah. I am um, married to the greatest man in the world, Jonathan Axe. And then um, my kids, my four kids, can you stand up, babies? I have four beautiful children and one on the way, and they are amazing. I just love them. Um, I've, grew, I've grown, up, grown up in a Christian home with a godly mother and father. They are also sitting somewhere. Over there, my parents, Slip and Janet Penny. <clears throat> we've, we've just been so privileged to just have Jesus in our home growing up. Um, and just even from a little girl, like I always knew what I wanted to do. I didn't want to grow up to be a doctor. I didn't want to grow up to um, be a firefighter or a gymnast or whatever. But I grew up and, and all I wanted to do was get married and have babies. So I truly am living out my dream. Um, I truly am. And I love it. I'm so happy and I'm so fruitful and blessed. And I'm just going to share a little bit um, from my heart today. I know a lot of you haven't heard me speak before and share my testimony. Honestly, the greatest testimony of my life is that I have been close to God's heart all my life. I love it. So yeah, yeah, we can clap for that because that's so good. I was, I was not the one that was... <clears throat> that felt like I had to go find God somewhere in the world. Like, God has always been so real to me, even just as a little girl, God visited my bedroom. And um, anyway, it was just sweet times. But there was a season in my life where um, I did go through a hard season. My husband and I were um, at, a, at a job and working. I was helping him and being, a, being beside him and uh, being <laughs> helping him and do all the things that he needed to do. And... Um, I found myself just getting a little bit um, uh, kind of left out. So let me just be really honest. I was the one who was in church all the time. I love being in church. But then I started sitting there, and I'm like, that person over there is talking to that person, not talking to me. How come they're talking to that person and not me? And I started feeling really left out. I started feeling really alone. I started feeling really friendless. And then I kept thinking on those things. And... And then I just started getting really depressed, and I felt myself getting depressed, and I allowed myself getting depressed. For me, it wasn't a mental thing. It was, I'm sad, I'm bitter, I don't have friends. I started feeling sorry for myself, and I just stayed there. And I felt as if, like, life was choking me around my neck. I just felt like I could not breathe. And John came home one day, and I'm on the floor crying with all of our kids. Well, I had uh, two at the time. Um, had a, had a brand, uh, little, little, little girl too. So two, my two little ones. And I was laying on the floor crying. I'm like, John, I just don't, I can't. Something's missing. Just like this plant, like something's missing. And, and I said, God, I said, please. I know you're real and I know you've been so close to me. I don't know why things are hard right now. And then I just felt him come through and I just said, yes. Yes, Jesus. 
And my husband told me a scripture verse. Do you need these tissues? It <laughs> was a good call. <laughs> so my husband told me a scripture verse, and when he, when he said it, now he doesn't look like Jesus right now, but normally he has a beard. So I, I've always made fun of him, like he's a, he's a short little Jesus. I love him. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> at the time, I didn't see my husband when he said this Bible verse to me. I heard God. I saw the face of God. And this is what he said. He said, Leah, if you seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be given to you. Everything that you need, Leah, will be given to you. So I really want you guys to get this because I really, I really want to encourage you with this. So at my deepest part, when I needed a friend, and honestly, at the season where we at was very financially hard, emotionally, friend, friend, had no friends, relationships. I even purposefully tried to stretch out to friends, and at the time, there, there was just a door. But maybe God was with me right there in that transition. We don't like to hear that word. We hear that word a lot. I'm in transition in church, and you're like, ugh, I know what it feels like. I hate it. But maybe that's right where God wants you to be, and maybe God's leading you the whole time. So I'm in this transition, and I, and I, I hear this word. And so what I needed the most was friendship and relationship. So God said to seek first the kingdom of God, so I became that. And that was really hard. I don't want you to miss that. So when I needed a friend, I actually became a friend. I said yes to God, and I started becoming a friend. I made myself available to anyone I met in the church. I was the one now getting up and seeing people who were sitting there. I'm like, hi, how are you today? And I just felt like the joy of the Lord come on my life. The depression seriously just fell off. I didn't need any medicine. I didn't need anything. It just fell off, and I just became alive became so happy, start sharing the love of Jesus with everybody. Um, then we got out of that season. John ended the job. We left on a good note, even though we were hurt so bad. We prayed, and we're like, God, we forgive these people. Bless, bless these people that have hurt us. And we left on a happy note. Now, we didn't know what we were going to do. We were getting paid a little bit of money, but now we had no money. So then... <laughs> So a friend of ours sent us to Georgia. They have this beautiful cabin in Georgia, in Blue Ridge. And we go there and just to, just to be refreshed and praise God for those friendships. Thank you. Thank you for those people who just give and just give, you know, you know who you are, the vacations and stuff, to bless other people. It really does. I'm telling you, Sam. Sam's one of them. Sorry. <laughs> it so blesses. It just so, just when you just leave different environments. Anyway, sorry, I'll stay. So we're, we get to Georgia, me and my two kids, my husband. Day one, we find blackberries, blackberries lined up all along the roads. And I'm there, I'm like, okay, God, we're in the woods of Georgia. I love it. Cell phones don't work here. It's quiet. There's banjos playing all the time. There's just country music in the streets. Everybody's friendly because they have no phones and no media. And I'm like, oh. God, I love it here. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What are we going to do for a job? What is going to be our money? Where, how are we going to eat? How are we going to pay for diapers? And I kept asking God. I kept asking God. I said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you, God, what do you want me to do? Well, every day, my little Benjamin, he's waking up, and he is like, let's go pick blackberries, Mommy. Let's go pick blackberries. And so we go every single morning, and we're picking blackberries. 
And kids, I don't know if you, we don't really have the blackberry so much here, but these thorns are like this big, so it took us a long time to go through and pick these blackberries. But my kids and I, we stay out there for just like hours, just picking them. It was so sweet. And so day four, I'm still like, God, okay, I left on a good note. You told me to seek first your kingdom. We're here in this beautiful area, but now I need to know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do? And then so I think it was early, early, like 6 o'clock in the morning, 5, whatever time it was, um, I'm on the steps in the stairway of this beautiful cabin by myself with my Bible, and I open up to the Bible, and I, and I, and I read this, and it says, the axe is at the root of trees, and every branch that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And first of all, just in case you missed it, our last name is Axe. So when I read the Axe is at the root of the trees, I'm like, okay, we must be in a good spot. The Axe family's in a good spot. What we did in the transition, we're right here where God wants us to be. And then I started seeing this again, and it said, every branch that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And again, my heart now is really sensitive. My heart was saying yes to God, but I started seeing God show me the sweetest picture. And I saw, I saw a father figure, like a, an old man, older man with like a hat on. And we were in the woods, and he um, was staying there by a horse. And then, um, and then I saw like, ha- like cabins in the distance and a church. And, and I'm like, oh, this is a beautiful scene of father, like how God wants to father us. And then I started seeing children. I started seeing my little boy. I started seeing my little girl. I started seeing other little children around this. And then it just came to me. I'm like, God's been speaking to me the whole time through my three-year-old son and daughter and their desires to pick these blackberries, this fruit. And God was just saying, Leah, doesn't matter what season you're in, what job you're in, I have created you to create fruit with me. And that is really, that's really it as far as Christianity. Loving God and loving people. Fruit is people. Fruit are people. God came to save the one lost lamb. And so I said yes again, and now I, I just felt just so encouraged to, to just start training my children in the ways of God as well. So what I was learning, I would teach them. And little did I know that this picture, and if you could pull that up, that first picture... Yep, there it is. This is what God was showing me in my heart. Little did I know this would be the cover of my book that I would write for children and um, just teaching them the ways of God and the fathering, how God wants to father us, and for mothers, how God wants to mother us. And um, anyway, so it's just been so awesome. So now you can't shut me up. I was the quiet one, and now I can't shut me up. So everywhere I'm going now, I'm so full of Jesus, and I'm like, and, and a lot of us, if we really think about it, a lot of us have heard the word of God. We know the message, and we listen to the word. But this is what I really want you to go home with. When you're not giving it out, that's where that, that depression and that mindset of selfishness can come in. Does that kind of make sense a little bit? Sorry, I'm talking, I'm talking, I always want to make sure when I'm talking to our kids that they understand because what's awesome is that 
And what God has created us to is we, we receive and we give. And that's where the happiness comes. Does that make sense? So, again, I started teaching and training my children God's love. Kids, we didn't practice this. Our first Bible verse, our first Baptist verse, if you guys know it, you shout it out with me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Very good. Very good. So, um, so now when I go out, I don't, I'm not, now, there are, I wouldn't say, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an evangelist. I'm an evangelist. I go out and tell people about Jesus all the time, and I stay on the street corner, but we all should be evangelists. If anybody doesn't know what season of life there is, you can tell the world needs to know about Jesus. That's it. We have Jesus. We just give it away, and, um, so I'm going to tell you a sweet story. Um, now I don't go alone. So I could just stand up here and talk for hours and tell you all the sweet stories that my children have just come to me and share stuff, um, how, what God has done. So anyway, when you teach the children, they're going to know and they're going to come back to you and encourage you with the same message. So I have a story up here. I have a picture. So me and my kids were at the eye doctor and... I am filling out paperwork, and the kids are right behind me. I can hear them playing and laughing and having fun. And um, then Anna comes up to me. Remember, I said yes to God. I said, yes, God, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to give when I'm hurting. I'm going to give when I'm happy. And so, so Anna comes to me. She said, Mommy, Mommy. She's like, there's this man right behind you, and I think we need to tell him about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, okay, honey going to go do that. I was really excited. So I finished doing my paperwork, for, which was just, just a second, and I turn around, and I turn around, and I see the biggest man <laughs> that was in the place. He was overwhelming, kind of scary looking. He looked like he could have been like, I don't know, you, you get, get the idea, right? He's just kind of scary looking. But I said yes to God, and my little girl was right there. And I said, yes, again. And I said, Anna, will you go with me and tell him about Jesus? And she said, yes, Mommy. So I went over to him, and this is actually what happened. She, we went over to him, and, and still, like, I'm staring at his tall, huge man, so I'm staring at his eyes even when he's sitting down. And um, I'm like, you know, this, sir, this may sound a little weird to you. I said, but I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you so much, that he has a plan and purpose for your life. I said, my daughter was sitting over there coloring while I was filling out this paperwork, and God spoke to her and told her to come and tell you how much that he loves you and that he's thinking about you today. And this big giant of a man who looks so intimidating, he just begins to weep, and he begins to cry, and I'm just like... I'm just in awe because I'm totally... And when you, when you begin to, to speak to people... Seriously, I know a lot, of, a lot of people can be scared of that because we're not used to it all the time, but I want to encourage you today just to start because there's so many times I have no clue what to say, but I say yes to God and I step out and he just comes. I don't even know what I say, friends, but God just comes through 
And he just touched people. And I'm just watching people melt. I'm like, I don't know what I said. And I just keep talking to him. Like, well, Jesus loves you. He's got a plan. You know, God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. Even if you were the only person in the whole wide world, he still would have died for you. Do you mind if I ask if you have a personal relationship with him? And so we led this, we, uh, we talked to this man, and he said, he's crying, he's weeping. He said, I grew up in the church. He said, I was a, I was past, I was, my daddy was a pastor. He said, I've been away from God so much. He said, but I know God's been dealing with me. And he's just holding, he's just holding back the tears and crying and crying. And anyway, um, we prayed with him, we talked with him, and it was just such a sweet moment. And I can just, again, tell you story after story after story about that. So anyone can be used by God. Anyone can change the world for Jesus. In fact, God's plan is for all people to live out their gifts and callings God has given them and all to bring him glory. He has a special plan and purpose for everyone, including children. And I just want to emphasize that, too, that children are not excluded from, from, from the equation. My children are my team now. God just showed me, that's who I am, Leah. It wasn't just a desire that you just wanted to grow up and marry a handsome man and have babies. But this is who I created you to be, to be a mother. <laughs> to be a mother and to be a teacher and to just walk life with them. And my kids are some of my best prayer team ever. It is just amazing. And I just encourage that with you, too. Um, the Bible talks about, and, and of course, you can go back and read. I'm not going to, I don't have time to read the whole thing. But in John 15, it's so sweet how it talks about how Jesus is the vine. And I'm just, again, seeing this blackberry vine, vine bush about how, how God first spoke to me about this. Um, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So, Father, I just come to you right now, Lord, and I just thank you so much for your word, Lord. I just pray, God, that what I just spoke will just, God, if something was missed, Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come right now and just touch my friends in this room. Lord, I just thank you for the plans and promises and purposes that you have for our children, for our babies yet to come, for our adults who are in transition who don't know what to do. And, God, I just pray that simple truth of just saying yes to you and just doing it. God, I just pray. And I encourage you, friends, that that next time you feel it, and sorry, I'm going to kind of stop and mail the prayer right here. Uh, I do this a lot. But um, this is how what I tell the kids. Um, how, how do I know God's speaking to me? How do I know? How do I know? I think a lot. Can we just raise our hand? Does anybody have a thought about that? Yeah, a lot of us do. So this is why I tell the kids, and I'm just going to be blunt, you know when you have to use the bathroom, right? Oh, yes. You're the only person who knows because it's you. You just know, I have to go to the restroom, and if I don't go, something bad's going to happen. It's that same thing when I'm walking through the store, when I'm at the gas station. I'm like, bam, I just know God just highlights people. You just know it's the Holy Spirit. It's God speaking to you. Does that make sense? So I just want to encourage you. It's going to happen to you probably before you leave now that I said it in Jesus' name. You're going to just, people are going to start being highlighted to you. And here's the thing. This is what I continue to tell our kids. As soon as they're highlighted to you, just say yes and go and watch God happen. 
just be obedient. I'm telling you, I'll tell you my first story. It's really short. My first time I started telling someone about Jesus, okay, I see this man. We're at an ice cream shop. I see this man. He's got a picture of, like, hell on his leg. And I'm like, he was highlighted. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to go to the bathroom instead because I don't really want to talk to him. I don't know what to say to him. And I'm like, okay, I will. Yes, God. Yes, God. I said yes. So I go over to him. And, okay, this, I messed up really bad. I don't know what happened to this. But I walk up to him, and I'm like, excuse me, sir. This is going to sound really weird, but... And I meant to say that Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life, but I said, sir, I'm, I'm really concerned about this tattoo on your leg. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, God, do something there. I don't even know how I got out of it, but I, maybe I said, well, Jesus loves you. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, yes. So um, I love and treasure history's past and past generations. I love honoring our spirit our spiritual fathers and our spiritual mothers that have so seeped into my house, my, my natural parents. I just honor my, my mom and dad for raising me up in the ways of God. And I'm honoring Chuck and Dennis today. These men, they're kind of behind the scenes a lot. You don't see them. Um, haven't seen them a lot in the children's ministry. But Chuck, is, Chuck, he has a heart. Chuck and Dennis have a heart to come and to speak to our children. And I love for this father figure like that, like that vision of God, show me this, 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 this circuit rider on the horse who just says yes to, to discipling. That's what it is, is discipleship. So Chuck has been doing that for our children. And, um, and Dennis is right alongside him and is helping them. And I've asked Dennis and Chuck to come and, and play our last song, which we're going to play in just a few minutes. And um, I, asked, I asked Chuck to bring the banjo because it reminds me of that special time in Georgia in the woods when everything was quiet and, and just sweet. So anyway, thank you guys. Can we, just, can we just give a hand clap for them? Not just for them, but for our elders and our spiritual mothers and fathers. And, you know, I just thank you for, thank you for saying yes. And here's my heart, too. If just one person is saved, it's enough. Because God would have just died. He would have did it all for just one for the one lost lamb. So my son Benjamin's going to come up and he's going to read. I'm going to share a quick story and then I'm going to pray. So Benjamin. John Wesley is a spiritual father who said yes to God and lived in obedience to what he told him to do. He felt his heart strangely warmed when he realized he didn't have to earn his way into heaven. He realized that God loves everyone and anyone can be saved and have a relationship with him. His brother, Charles Wesley, had the same heart for spreading this message to all the people, especially sinners, those separated from God. He has written over 5,000 hymns, which we still sing today. He are the words to his most famous Christmas song. This was his heart for the lost, and this is God's heart for the lost. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconcile, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I'm going to share this last story with you. And then I'm going to pray. This is a story I have added to um, 
the book that I've written for children, I one of the one of our spiritual fathers of our day. Um, my mind is blank. I forget his name. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot his name. Anyway, um, oh, what's his name? Anyway, I'm sorry. It'll come to me. Awesome spiritual man of God that I love and I admire. But he just he just studies history and love. And and I feel like with history, friends like. We need to know the good and and remember the good and and also the bad. Let's learn from the bad, too. Um, So in in our children's ministry, in our children's class at Heart of the Father, we're going through hymns. We're learning the stories, and we're we're going through history and and just, oh, man, it's just awesome. It's just awesome back there. Anyway, okay, I'm going to share this story. It's called Sounds of Revival. It started off as a normal school day when a young boy sat at his desk, ready to begin his schoolwork, just like all the other kids in his class. The boy walked to his desk, sat down, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he began to cry and he could not stop himself. His teacher asked him what was wrong, but the boy could not answer him because he was crying so hard. The teacher called an older older boy over to his desk and asked him to walk the younger boy home since he could not do his lessons and was distracting the other students. As the two boys walked down the neighborhood back to the younger boy's home, they saw an old empty house. The older boy said, let's stop in at this empty house for a minute and look around. And so they went in. As they looked around, the older boy began to tell the younger boy about Jesus and what Jesus did for him. And inside that old empty house, the younger boy bowed his head and gave his heart to Jesus. After he prayed right away, he knew he was different inside. The older boy said, come on now, let's take you home. But the younger boy said, no, no, I have to go back to school. So the boys walked back to school. And when they walked to the classroom, the teacher was puzzled. What are you doing here? He asked the younger boy. The boy said, I received Jesus in my heart today, and now I am happy inside. The teacher said, well, okay, then go sit down. And the boy walked happily to his desk and sat down, and as soon as he did, another boy in the classroom began to cry so hard that he could not stop, and he had to leave the classroom. And another boy saw this, and he began to cry. A boy in the middle of the classroom and a boy in the back of the classroom began to cry too. Then another boy began to cry, then another, then another. The teacher watched as eight of his students had to leave the classroom because they were crying so hard. They were feeling sad and lost inside of their hearts. They felt like there was something missing inside. A teacher got up and looked out the window at the playground and saw, saw all over the playground kids crying and tears streaming down their faces. The teacher called the two boys that seemed to have started all of this and said, go and do something. The boys went out and began to pray for all their classmates to receive Jesus in their hearts. Then the sound of crying swept to the girls' classroom that was right next door. Suddenly, girl after girl after girl began to cry and could not stop. All the teachers were confused at what was happening. All they heard was a sound of crying that was overtaking the school. And some of them began to walk down the hallway to see what was going on. And they, too, were overtaken with this feeling inside that there was something more for them than what they had inside. Teacher after teacher fell to their knees right there and cried uncontrollably, asking God to save them, too. The whole school received a sound of heaven that day. The sound of weeping, crying, and prayers of forgiveness. Their hearts had changed forever. 
And this is actually a true story that happened in 1859 in Coleraine, Ireland, known later as the Altar's Revival, one of the greatest moves of God Ireland ever saw. This is what revival looks like. No one has to say anything to you. You don't have to be in a special building or even a church. Revival is when Jesus comes just as he is and touches every heart. Let a new sound of heaven be released like the ringing of bells. And Father, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, over our young people. I pray, God, over our, our generation, Father, our, our, um, our middle schoolers, Father, our, our, our young adults, Father, in college. Lord, I just thank you so much for the plans and purposes that you call for us, Holy Spirit. I just thank you so much, God, for you dying for us, Lord. God, I just thank you, Lord, for sending your son Jesus. And it's not just about a baby. It's not just about one baby, Father. But I thank you that this baby just didn't stay little, but he grew up. He grew up, and, and even to the point of death, he said, he said, Father, if you can take this from me, I ask you to take it from me. But, but Jesus, in, in his humility, in his broken heart, in his connection with his Father God, he just stood there and said, not my will, but yours be done. He just said yes. And Father, I just pray right now that this sees the fruit God, the seeds for, for the word of God that has been planted, Father, through, through our spiritual leaders and, and the disciples that, that, were, that were so quick to say yes to writing their, our Bible story down. Father, thank you for books and for leaders and for spiritual mothers and fathers, God, through history that have been so obedient to say yes to write beautiful songs, God, that just bring encouragement to the body of Christ, bring encouragement to us. So, Father, I just thank you so much for the plans and purposes that you have for our children, for everyone in this room. And right now, it's okay. And, and just like we pray, it's you don't have to come to the altar to give your heart to God. That's an awesome thing. But seriously, you can be right where you are right now. And so I'm just going to pray. And if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want to tell you. That life with Jesus isn't a perfect life, and it doesn't mean, like, giving your heart to God. Everything is just going to be perfect, and you're not going to have any problems. But what life with Jesus looks like means that you're not alone. You're not alone. And that God just takes your hand, and he holds your hand. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now for everyone who is away from you, Lord, that they feel that, oh, I know it's me. That feeling, God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would come and touch their heart. And I just encourage you now, if that is you, I'm not going to make you stand or come, but I just encourage you right now to just say yes to Jesus. And just say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I say yes to you, God, come into my heart and make me new. Wash me clean. Forgive me, God, of my sin and forgive me for living life without you. I say yes to you, Father, and watch him change your life. I'm telling you, again, I have just seen God change my life for just me saying yes. And don't just say yes, but I encourage you to say yes and then do it. Again, even while you're still in this room, God's going to start highlighting people to you. I encourage you to just say yes. My favorite, my favorite are drive-bys. <laughs> I don't want to shoot anyone, but I'm driving by and like, God, I'll just be like that person. 
And so I've, it's just been God, but I'll roll down the window and I'll say, hey, this may sound crazy to you, but has anyone ever told you? And it's more like, has anyone ever told you that Jesus loves you, has a plan and purpose for your life? I just want to tell you so much that he loves you. And there, I just see people weep and cry. I said, God loves you so much. And so we do that a lot. My children have done that a lot. It's been really precious. So anyway, again, thank you, Father, so much for what you're doing in our life and in our children's lives. Amen.